Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. is the Toffee Web Podcast. Hello, Blues, and welcome to the Toffee Web Podcast. Our first of the summer break, after a nice little hiatus to decompress from a long, stressful and emotional season. Of course, it's not been quite at Everton. When is it ever? Uh, where we've had long-awaited changes in the boardroom, a lawsuit filed against the club by Carlo Ancelotti, players departing, new deals offered to others, and of course the fixtures are now out, so we uh, definitely uh, know that we need to be safe for the final day of the season this time. Uh, I'm joined uh, by Paul uh, and Andy. Uh, Andy, how's, uh, how's summer for you without, uh, without the stress of Everton? Still doing the strange little things in my head. We spoke about the muscle memory last time, and I'm still struggling. I, for a couple of weeks in the build-up to the end of the season, I was kind of thinking to myself when I'm in the office, like, if I throw this bit of paper in the bin first time, <laughs> then we're staying up. <laughs> uh, and I still find myself doing that. If I, I still find myself thinking, if, if, if I can do X, Y, and Z before quarter to nine, we're definitely staying up. Uh, and and, and is that kind of it's still there, but then... It, the the kind of the realization, especially with the fixtures coming out, that I think of how different it could be at this point. You know, we we could be we could be looking at a very well. I don't think the championship fixtures have been released if I, quite yet, but we could be looking at a very different set of names in front of us of the teams we're going to be playing in the first couple of months. You see, you know, the the stories about Leicester's good players kind of moving on already. Um, and I suppose that kind of hits home, really. Um, kind of maybe more than it did 
at the time when we stayed up that crikey how different it could be and um yeah it's nice it's not it's nice not to be thinking about well i say not to be thinking about everton 24 7 but it's hard not to at the moment with all the different stories circling and the different things still going on at the club and i know we'll come on to each of them in turn but um but now i feel i feel kind of suitably um suitably refreshed i would say uh, having had a couple of weeks to think about it and to to i suppose appreciate what happened and what we managed to do in the end and i'm looking forward you know i'm looking forward um i said it not quite at this time last season i don't think but um we need to find those 10 wins as soon as we can. Let's not get ahead. No one get ahead of themselves here. Um, we need to work out where those 10 wins are going to come from. Um, I've already got five of them in the first 10 games. So don't worry, lads. It's going to be fine okay. by October. Um, but there is still that. But I, I think I'm ready to look forward. And and I, I dare I say it, I mean, I'm relatively excited today to, to get the fixture list and to think, okay, you know, it. It's all going to happen again. <laughs> You're on board with that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't match that enthusiasm. Um, no, I, I find myself getting that cranky at the moment. It's like the the heat. I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I just find myself getting <laughs> really sort of hot and bothered at the moment. So I'm sitting outside tonight doing this uh, in this podcast. And I'm just. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a good point you make, Andy. It's. I didn't, it didn't even occur to me when, when I saw the fixtures today. Just how perilously close you were to, you know, to, to your right, looking at Plymouth, to, you know, like next week and Ipswich, I suppose, and Rotherham, Huddersfield. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, sort of mediocre teams we'd have been we'd have been looking at. Um, yeah, I've been, been kind of taking it easy a little bit, I suppose, with Everton, just keep on, just keep on hitting as well. Maybe not Everton directly, but just keep on hitting, getting hit with news about Everton. So it's um, haven't had too much time to sort of um, to switch off from from the Blues. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, not too bad here. How's things with you, London? Yeah, not too bad actually. Having well, I've been super super busy with uh, with work, but it's yeah, it's it's been a change not to have to have that constant. Uh, a constant distraction in the back of your mind of, of uh, Everton's relegation situation. So yeah, can't complain. Um, some of the uh, some of the heat that you people have been experiencing over there would be nice. We've had the coldest stretch of weather for the last few months that I've experienced since living over here. But uh, you know, we we live in hope that summer will eventually arrive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but getting back to um, to Everton. I mean, let's start with the the most immediate of the topical news, and that's the release of the 2023-24 fixtures. We'll be kicking off with a home game against Fulham, and then it's a repeat of last season where our first away match is at Villa Park. Then it's home to Wolves, away to Sheffield United with Brentford, Luton, Bournemouth to come after the visit of Arsenal before uh, the unusual scheduling of a Merseyside derby at Anfield first. Usually the derby seems to happen at Goodison uh, Park first for some reason. I mean, I think there's been a few times in recent years where we thought we had a fairly favourable start to the season and it hasn't really turned out that way. But I think I think Aston Villa, they're going to be a really tough prospect this season. Arsenal will be no picnic. But uh, Andy, I think it's an OK stretch of games until the Anfield derby in mid-October, isn't it? Whilst realising, of course, that we have to play every team twice, um, <laughs> I think sometimes Again. the fixture... The, the fixture yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I think the fixture list, though, it, it 
it can help you, can't it? It it can give you as much of a hand um, at times um, that it possibly can when obviously we've got to play them all. And you look at those first fixtures that you've just read out, you know, home games, the first few home games, Fulham, Wolves, Arsenal, who we tend to do well against, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. um, Luton and Bournemouth. I mean, if you're going to almost hand pick um, your games that you wanted near the start of the season just to get us going, I think they're not far from it. You say away at Villa will be tough, but then away at Sheffield United, away at Brentford. Yeah. You know, the the first two months, August and September, um, what they do is they give Sean Dyche and whatever squad he's got by that point um, a little bit of time. Well, they don't give them time and space because they're all good teams, but it's about as mild as you could get isn't it really? And I, I, my mind always goes back to that Cumin season where we seem to have in the first 10 games, we just seem to have everybody at the top or that was near the top all in one go. Mm-hmm. And at the time you think, oh, well, you know, never mind. It, ignore the table, ignore the table, but you can't. And s- stuff starts to snowball a little bit. And I think that fixture list I was I I was looking at it again, you know, when it first came out today, and I was thinking, like, wow, am I looking at am I looking at everything here? Because that looks yeah. like you know that looks very mild. Where's where is everyone? And uh, and yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with it. And you know, it, okay, it could devil's advocate, it could work the other way, couldn't it? I mean, if if we if we haven't got many points after that run of games, then we really will struggle this season. Yeah. Um, but I think it gives us the best possible chance to get points on the board. Um, and I don't think we could have asked any more than that, really. Um, you know, I I, I, I would... I, I tell you what, the one bit on the opening day of Fulham, obviously we wouldn't have wanted Man City and we wouldn't have wanted... Uh, we, you wouldn't necessarily want a, a promoted team on the opening day just because if you ha- if you end up not doing very well, everybody goes, oh, my God, here we go again. The one thing <laughs> with Fulham is that we've played them quite recently and we've lost to them quite recently. So it almost feels, using that as a benchmark, even if we got a point on the opening day, you'd think, okay, we're going in the right direction. You know, I, I know that's incredibly short term, but it's short-sighted even, but it gives us that chance to just immediately improve on something that happened, you know, a couple of months ago, doesn't it? Um, and all, all while they're not going to be great, um, neither are we, by the way. But you know, that it's a it's a bit different than one of those opening days that you think, oh my god, you know, we could have done without <laughs> that. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty favourable, isn't it? I mean, I'm not really one of them to sort of look at it and go, oh, we could get three points there and, and try and toss up your scores. I don't really tend to do that, but <clears throat> certainly you got to think there's opportunities to get to get points on the board quite early there. And as you say, you got to play when I was... De- December looks tough, doesn't it? That looks... But, yeah. it, but it always seems to... I, feel, I always feel like we get a lot of tough games in December. I guess there's a lot of games in December, so, you know, by, by virtue... Some are likely to you're likely to play some big teams because there's more games than anything else. But 
December, Forest away, Newcastle home, Chelsea home, Burnley away, Spurs away, City home, Wolves away. I hope we got <laughs> hope you got some points on the board before that because that might be a very tough uh, tough winter. Um, and end of November, Man U just before that as well. So um, yeah, so <clears throat> yeah, that's looked pretty tough, but often tends to be very. So um, yeah, pretty pleased. Can't uh, can't really complain, can you? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, December does look difficult. I think just because, as you say, we've got so many of those, so many games. I think it's like seven games crammed into into one month. But uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Things that are going on off the pitch obviously going to dictate how much leeway we have in the transfer market. Um, but as I, as I say, if things weren't bad enough on the financial front. We have the media reports of of threats from rival clubs coming later this year if we're found guilty by this independent commission of breaching financial fair play rules. And now we have Carlo Ancelotti taking us to court over um, unspecified bonuses. I'm not sure what he achieved that merited a bonus, unless it was, I suppose, keeping us up in 2020. But anyway, uh, Paul, Paul, what's your reaction to a dear old Carlo uh, taking the club to the high court to wring another couple of quid out of us, a couple of million quid? Yeah, I was, I was sad to hear that. I was, um, yeah, disappointed, really, to, to hear that about, you know, really admired Carlo Ancelotti. I didn't really think he'd do that. Yeah, you had to start to assume he's owed money by Everton, I suppose, and that, that, that's all. That, that, and maybe that's just the long and short of it. I guess we'll we'll find out more about it. But um, not the first manager to come back and sue us, is it? I suppose the difference is like <laughs> when Martin has sued us, you know, he'd been sacked and, you know, so it was a little bit different. But Carlo, Carlo left us <laughs> to go to Real Madrid. Mm. I don't really see what, you know, I'd, I don't know. It just doesn't see... And, he must be, look, there's, you know, there's probably not a lot of sentiment involved in football, I suppose, maybe. I'm being a bit too sentimental about it, but he, um, he's, I'm sure he's well aware of Everton's financial problems and the, the, the plight that we're in. Yeah, I mean, is it, does, oh, if he's owed money, fine. Does, does Carly really need this money? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I somewhat doubt it, you know. It just feels like, is this really necessary? But at the same time, if I, if I was, I don't know if you owed money, maybe, you know, we don't know enough, we don't know enough about it, do we? But um, just, it's just one of them things, isn't it? We just think, oh, really? Does this just have to happen? Really? There's enough going on, isn't there, we could do about this? But um, Carl wants you like you're suing Everton. It's so far down our list of problems right now, I suppose, isn't it? That uh, we just have to sort of shrug our shoulders with it somehow and go, yeah, okay, well, we'll see how that, goes. We'll see how that plays out. For me, it's timing. And mm. I don't, I don't know whether with these kind of legal things, contracts that he, if there was a problem with what he was given, which there clearly is in his mind, that he would have act had to act within a certain time frame. I don't know. That might be a reason for the timing, but that I mean, I don't, I don't, um, I don't mind anybody who is owed. A, a big amount of money chasing what they're owed. He signed a contract at Everton. We gave him the contract. He signed a contract. He's obviously achieved something in that contract or hasn't been paid for something in that contract that he feels he should have been. I've got no problem whatsoever with him chasing that money. It's a timing thing for me that he seemed like a guy who has um, is an intelligent, you know, wealthy um, switched on guy who did seem to have an element of sentiment for Everton, whether that we, we may never know whether that was genuine. It seemed it. And I would have thought he might have, you know, if there is a time frame available to him here, I would have thought he might have looked at that and thought, 
maybe I won't press that button quite yet because you know it's pretty obvious that the club um, is in a bad way financially because you only need to we need to Google Everton, don't you, to find that out? I mean, he's not going to have to look far. Um, and I would, I would, I just thought the time, the timing is really disappointing. Um, if indeed the timing is in any way um, changeable from his point of view, I mean, it could be that he could have done this sooner, um, and we could have been in a worse position, you know, back further, back, back, back along the road. Um, but it it doesn't feel like something that's been timed very well. Yeah, I think the fact that we really don't know any any of the details kind of makes it that bit cloudy, doesn't it? I mean, maybe we've maybe we've strung him along for a while and, and said, "Oh, we'll pay you, we'll pay you," and never done. And now we just thought, "Okay, well, fine. Mm. If you're not going to, then I'm going to take you to court." Or, I mean, I mean, who knows? It just it's. I mean, there is no sentiment in business, but I agree. You, you kind of felt as though him being the one who who left us in the lurch. You know, maybe he just would have thought. Uh, we'll just drop that, but I mean, you know, a couple of million quid's a couple of million quid, I suppose. I mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 hard to, no matter how much money you have, it's hard to sort of turn that that amount of cash down. And uh, if he feels that he's earned it, I mean, he's owed it, then then fair enough, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's uh, well, it really just sort of feels like another <laughs> another knife sort of being twisted, doesn't it? I mean, I'd want a couple of million quid if Everton owed it to me, you know. And <laughs> yeah. I and I'm and I'm a much bigger Everton fan than Carlo Ancelotti ever will be. And okay. I know he's got a lot more money than I probably ever will have. But I'd want it. I mean, you know, that's the reason. Yeah. He's, the reason he does the job, isn't it? Really. Um, so I've got no problem with that. I just wonder. Yeah, I wonder whether the the um, the button could have been pressed at a more sensitive, a less sensitive time, really. But you know, probably with the um, the FFP hearing hearing that will be announced as well. It probably doesn't look good for that either, does it? I know they can't look at that probably in terms of you know like that because it's it's probably unrelated to to what we're going through there. But it's just not a good look, is it? Your <laughs> your your ex manager coming back and suing you, yeah, for financial issues. <laughs> it's it's just not really uh, something we could do about, isn't it? But yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I actually, when I saw it on the timeline crop up the other day, I actually laughed and thought it was a joke to begin with, and <laughs> thought, "Well, that's that's quite funny, really." Crikey, imagine! And I looked, and then uh, someone texted me saying, "What's Carlo doing?" I was like, "Oh God, it's not true, is it?" Um, <laughs> and of course it is. Of course it's true. Yeah, there isn't much of that's a good look at the moment on the financial side, is there? Uh, and Paul, as you say, um, it appears that we now have the, the date for this independent commission uh, when they will hear the case against Everton in relation to the Premier League's charge that we violated profitability and sustainability rules. That's due for uh, the 25th of October, according to The Guardian. Uh, now, pen- depending on how they rule, uh, a transfer-related punishment like an embargo obviously wouldn't affect this summer's spending. Uh, which is huge, really, because you know, that 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 could have been seriously debilitating, given what we need and how badly we need certain players for certain positions this uh, this summer. Um, but a points deduction that would throw a serious spanner in the works, though, wouldn't it, Paul? Well, yeah, and I think as well if like that if if that hearing's on in October and they they give us a transfer ban, 
let's say until the end of the season or something like that, then we best have our, you know, we best have done business well in the summer because yeah, yeah. If, if we can't do anything in January, that could be a real, uh, real headache, couldn't it? But um, yeah, obviously a point deduction. I mean, we yet to see how the squad will look. We yet, let us see, yet to see what we can spend and what Sean Dyche is going to have to do there. Um, but I think it seems quite clear we're not going to be spending a lot of money uh, this summer. I think, yeah, you know, I think I think that's a bit of a given. So. Yeah, you'd assume it's going to be at the moment. I mean, we'll, again, we'll have to see what the squad looks like, but we think it'd be a pretty tight, probably a tight season. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to have to have it to be three, six, however many points down. You know, obviously, we need to, you know, it's going to make it make it difficult for us. So, um, let's just hope for the best. I mean, a lot. Of me, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. The the, the easy way to look at it is like, oh, the. They're gonna oh they're gonna make an example of little old Everton. Whereas that's what that's what the common thing people seem to say is they'll make an example of little old Everton, whereas Manchester City can do what they want. But a lot of people seem to have a bit of sympathy with Everton for that as well. Yeah, I, I think it'd be there might be a bit a little bit of an outcry if Man City get away scot free with these 115 charges and Everton get a little bit, you know, Everton get punished. I don't know how, how well people will take that. So be interested to see what happens. Bit of luck we get away with it slap on the lists and, and wrists and that's it. But at least we've got clarity when it is now. At least we know it's not, not going to be effective in the summer so they can go out and get the business done. And blimey, they're probably going to have to get it right, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, I, there are a few questions there, aren't there? I mean, is <laughs> I no, no doubt lawyers acting on behalf of Everton may have some idea what the punishment might be, but then there has never been really, there's not a precedent for this. So it's hard to predict, I guess. But you're almost thinking, can we spend a little bit more this summer mm. or, or will they spend a little bit more this summer, I should say, knowing the fact that they may not be able to spend either January or the summer after? You know, you're almost hedging your bets, aren't you, really, that we could end up with a a slightly false um, it's not, I wouldn't say spending power. That's probably a bit much. But they might think to themselves, well, with this down the, coming down the road, if they if we are handed a transfer ban, we've kind of got to do. We may have to do two years business right now. Um, and although that sounds a bit far fetched, and also, let's say we're fined, and I saw the figure in the paper was like tens of millions of pounds. Does that count towards our FFP or is that a completely separate uh, pot of money, in effect, that Everton would be spending? Because, you know, I've, it's a bit strange that a punishment for spending too much money would be a fine anyway. But if it then rolls on to your FFP or, you know, um, sustainability rating as such, it's almost a self-fulfilling, isn't it? Mm. Like. I don't. I don't know the answers to those questions, but I, I would. I would imagine that they'd be thinking we'd better get some players in the door this summer, if at all possible, because it might be the last few that come in in a while. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's what Paul the Ask was kind of saying when he was on. Was that like uh, it would kind of be sort of counterproductive to <laughs> to find Everton, find a club who haven't who, who, who haven't really got any money anyway to you know to or bad at using money. Finding them, and at the same time, a, play, a team who wants signing the players <laughs> kind of seems counterproductive to get them a ban. So it kind of points towards a points deduction, doesn't it? Uh, if, if, if that's the case, if, if there is any sort of big punishment to answer for, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Yeah. I mean, however they rule, it's going to be, it's going to set a precedent for other teams. And, you know, obviously the next one on the, supposedly the next one on the line is Manchester City. I think any, and the, the, the tens of millions that they mentioned in the paper, Andy, I think is, is the, is what they think that the other clubs, uh, these other four clubs, Leicester, Leeds, Burnley, Southampton, would try and sue either us or the Premier League for in terms of, of damages. But, I mean, I don't know. I just can't see how that can go anywhere without it opening a massive can of worms. Whereas I say, you know, if City are found guilty on any number of their 115 counts, the teams at the other end of the Premier League could then sue them. Um, I mean, Leicester sailing close to the wind with regard to FFP anyway. Burnley have had their own financial you know, and spending problems themselves. You know, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, and we've, we, you know, Everton have had the Premier League signing off pretty much every transfer we've done in the last two years. So it sounds, I mean, the whole thing sounds like a non-starter to me, but, you know, I suppose we'll, I suppose we'll see. But it's, uh, it's, 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 an, it's, a, it's an, a doubt that's kind of hanging over the autumn, you know, that we really don't need. It is a huge can of worms. And I, I've also seen that kind of um, the minutiae kind of quoted in that Guardian article as to like, um, you know, Leeds may argue that, well, they only got one point against Everton this season. And if, they, if Everton had been playing fair, then they might have got more and therefore stayed up. But but how can you ever argue that in sporting I don't, practice? You, you don't know how you can slice and dice it that thin. You're right, yeah. So uh, exactly. So if they spent twenty million pounds less, they'd have like um, two and a half in midfield instead of three. I mean, how the, how on earth? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Seamus Coleman scored the winning goal against Leeds. He cost sixty grand about forty <laughs> years ago. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. Look what we look what we've got on the pitch as well, though. I mean, the, 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 the problem is the the personnel. You know, we've got such a limited squad. Yeah, I mean, so like it's hard to. I mean, okay, there's, there's other reasons why we're in this in, in this position, but there's, there's no investment on the pitch. I mean, yeah, we we we, we had one of the easiest teams to play against in the whole league last season. If anything, the other teams have spent spent Leeds have spent the money so badly and not buying, not buying anything. They've had loads of financial problems. Leeds want to talk. I mean, look look what happened to them obviously years ago. Yeah, I mean. Um, Leicester had problems with FFP problems going way back, and then they're in trouble now with their financial irregularities when they came up as league. Burnley have had problems, so yeah, it's all a bit. As you say, a bit of a can of worms, isn't it? If um, if Everton do get looked at, I don't know whether where wherever heard this or read this. I think it was one of the fellows who go the match with. I think it was is the. What I understood was like, is, is it something to do with the Daly Alley transfer that Everton didn't declare it in the FFP? That's what somebody was saying. I don't know how true that is. It's just, it, it, it's complete hearsay. But maybe Everton, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something little, and Everton can, you know, it's, and Everton can can defend themselves with it. Okay, hopefully, <laughs> because as you say, the, the Premier League been signing off all the transfers Everton have been doing for the last couple of years. So very interested to see to see how it plays out. But uh, I just hope we get a fair a fair crack with that, and I hope it's. Any punishment we do get is then consistent to others, uh, because I take us to be made an example of. Yeah, that's the problem. Though. Consistent with what? Because there is no in the Premier League, at least, there's no precedent for it. So we mm. we will be the uh, the guinea pigs. But yeah, I mean, it's it's nonsense. Because if you want to say, oh, did we st- did we stay up because we bought Abdullah Decore for twenty million three years ago, 
or 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 are we down? Where are we down at the bottom because we haven't been able to spend money on anyone apart from Damari Gray and Neil Mope and, and players like that? You know, it's it's mm. <laughs> you know anyone looking at this at a sort of trying to look at it objectively. I mean, the, it's impossible. It's like you say, you could you could pick you know any number of things, and and then you could, clubs could say, well, if it wasn't for that VAR decision, then we wouldn't have lost that match. And it's just the whole thing. Just it, as I say, it's a can of worms that I. I really don't think anyone wants opened, but uh, I suppose we'll have to see what happens. I mean, for, at the very least, we have been charged by the Premier League and we've been referred to this commission. And the the consensus is that we will be punished in some way. We have to wait and see and uh, see what that is. I mean, it's pretty obvious we've broken the rules, isn't it? If if even to me, to the layman, I mean, the the amount of just by looking at the accounts and the figures that we're over, I mean. It's obvious that something's gone wrong somewhere, right, um, right? Because 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 we're so far over in terms of the, the the overall figure, aren't we? But I mean, how you ever break that down and work out how badly we were over in comparison to other teams' performance? I mean, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. We could we we could be very old men by the time this is done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a very subjective thing because Everson are arguing certain things like because of the pandemic, we weren't be able to, we weren't able to realize transfer fees on, say, Dominic Calvert Lewin, who at the time was fit and could have gone for, say, sixty million or whatever. I think that's one of the arguments that they're going to make is that it affected, you know, transfer revenue and all that kind of thing. Someone's got to sit down and say, well, is that likely? I mean, it's, it's, it just seems to be very, you know, the law isn't very good at operating in gray areas but it does seem to me to be a very gray area and it looks like you know you they could nail us on some kind of technicality and then it goes down to an appeal so i mean the, the process could get drawn out for months beyond any decision that's made later this year and um you know i suppose we'll just have to wait and see what happens yeah having covid as the as well no, no other team seems to like put as much um of the issues down to COVID, <laughs> as Everton have, is probably one thing, I suppose, as well. I mean, the the, the amount of Everton are putting towards that seems quite ridiculous, really, isn't it, looking back? Well, uh, yeah, let's see. You're right, actually, though, and that, like, yeah, Havens, I don't know how long the Haven takes. It's, it's in October, October 25th. I don't know. I've got no idea. Is that like, uh, it's not one day, right? I assume that'll rumble on for a while, and then then there's a decision to think about. And then, as you say, if it's, if it's not favourable for us, then... Um, They'll obviously be in the pale. How long that takes when that's uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the likelihood of it actually even affecting January is perhaps quite slim. Yeah, mm-hmm. given yeah you know, yeah. So um, so yeah, maybe it's uh something a, a nice big can we can kick down the road for a little while, which is uh quite welcome <laughs> at the moment, isn't it? To be fair, another <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, one of our cans. <laughs> I mean, just to just to wrap this up. I mean, if if. If it is based on COVID, then the Premier League have already told the likes of Burnley and Leeds a year ago that we had no case to answer for because they've already looked mm-hmm. at that excuse and more or less accepted that excuse based on what they told those clubs a year ago when they said there was no case to answer for. So I think I think you're right, Paul. It's going to be something like a transfer deal, like the Delhi Alley thing that might just slightly either we did something that they didn't sign off on or I don't know. It just, I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. We're kind of just guessing at this point, but uh, uh, obviously related 
is the changes that were just made on the board, uh, seeing as uh, some of the uh, personalities who have left the board obviously involved in most many of these decisions. We've had Chief Executive Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Grant Ingalls, who was the Finance and Strategy Officer, and uh, the Non-Executive Director, Graham Sharp, have left. Uh, we are waiting on some decision regarding Bill Kenwright. Obviously, there's much hay has been made on social media about the fact that this club self-imposed 48-hour deadline has passed without uh, without anything uh, happening. Um, anything surprise you in there, Andy, in, in, in those departures? Oh, dear. Maybe we <laughs> appealed our own deadline. <laughs> um I, th- I think it probably surprised me that uh, that those three left on mass with very little kind of um, build up to it on social media or any kind of it, it didn't seem to kind of be predicted that they would leave quite then and quite like that. Uh, of course, we still don't really know in what circumstances they left. Um, were they did they resign or were they sacked? We don't really know the answer to that. Um, I am I surprised that it finally got done. Um, sometimes with Everton, yes, I, I I I do feel surprised when what we as a fan base and as a body of people who want the best, when we complain and say this isn't right, this isn't good enough. Sometimes it does surprise me when Everton actually do it. Um, <laughs> and I think it was obvious that was change needed, whether you like the personalities, individual personalities involved or not. Um, I was a little surprised that it didn't, the, the statement didn't go further as to say, well, these three people have left the club and these three people are going to do the job for a bit. Um, because as I've heard other people say, if it was planned, you'd think you would have those ducks in order or at least you would mention them in the in the uh, in the release which they didn't um am i surprised that bill kenwright's still clinging on no <laughs> uh, not at all would i be surprised if he was still chairman on the first day of next season no i wouldn't um i don't know what to think about that the one thing i will say on this whole subject you know something's haunted me for the last uh, probably three or four months since we discussed it on the pod, I think we used some kind of um, um, kind of uh, milestone in Mashiri's Everton tenure to discuss how he was doing out of ten, and I still regret saying that he was a five out of ten um, because more as more and more comes out, more and more happens at the club, and more and more you think, how on earth is this happening in a big business? Um, I can't believe I gave him that much. Um, so I always want to try and try and just, just apologize for that. Really. Um, Walk it back. I was kind of giving him five out of 10. I was giving him five out of 10 for kind of effort or, 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 or I could kind of see the workings in some of it and, and, and it hasn't worked. Um, uh, but no, the, I mean, um, I just wanted to readdress the balance there. I mean, it's, it's got to be somewhere around two. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> And that's only emphasised by the fact of what's been happened 
what's happened this week, really. You know, um, it's kind of a decision, but it's kind of a half decision with no real, doesn't look like anything's been planned behind that decision. It's, oh God. So no, it doesn't surprise any, none of it surprises me now. You sound like my, ma- my old maths teacher there, and he's like, oh, well, he, he puts the effort in, you know, but. <laughs> um, you too, huh? Yeah, why did he do it to themselves? Why, why, I mean, this, like, this, yeah, okay, well, decision we made on Bill Cameron's future within the next two days, and then they don't make it. <laughs> this, why did he do that to themselves, really? Couldn't they just say imminently? Yeah, I mean, you know, just, you know. In the coming silly, days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can only assume that. I mean, I think the the, the way I've read it, at least, is um, the, um, the 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 guys taking over it's MS MSP, what they call um, that. They, yeah, I mean, that their guys are ready to come in. That's the way I sort of read it. Maybe there's uh, a little bit of a hitch. Maybe they got uh, you know dot you know uh, dot the eyes, cross the t's on a few things before, and because they, I, I don't see why on earth they got rid of all these people, Dan. Um, unless there's people just ready to come in, you know what I mean? And it's probably the certain, and probably Bill can like maybe, maybe kind of has to be there until that's sort of moved on, that, that, that next stage of that has moved on. That's kind of the way I see it. It's just that sort of changing of the guard with the new investment, I suppose. And because otherwise, I don't see why they've, why they've either stepped down or left just now. Um, I think that that's the way I, I, I see it. I don't know that. I'm not basing that on, any, on anything but my own intuition on that. But that's um, that's the way I see it. It's not surprising that they, that they moved on. It's um, things. It's, I'd say the same the same about some a couple of our players now. And in, in that, like uh, the careers at Evan just feel a little bit untenable. Like even talking from a player point of view, I know a lot on about that tonight, but. You know, if you look at like Michael Keane or Mason Holgate, they might have good, they might have good qualities, but once the crowd have sort of got that opinion of you, it's quite difficult to sort of, you know, to, to bring that back around. And that's certainly the same for the board. You know what I mean? So it's 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 become completely untenable for for Denise, for Graham, for Grant, um, for obviously for Bill to come back into running the club properly and being at you know being at Goodison Park. So it's not a surprise that they're not that that, that they're not there anymore. And I think we all welcome change now, don't we? I think we've all got a sort of it's 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 we're banking a lot on it now on on so much hope that these guys can come in and have an idea what they're doing and uh, you know we can make start making some much better business decisions. So um, um, yeah, I'm sad for I'm sad the way it's worked out for Graham Sharp. That's one thing. Just um, you know, it's obviously bad decisions. I suppose in hindsight, being able to move on to the board. Um, but obviously, it's such a legend of a player. But just it's just kind of kind of sad that that's um, more than anything else that, that that's that, that's you know maybe what his legacy brings now at, at Everton. And he'll always be recognised as a great from a football point of view. But that will be tarnished by by that now. And that's that you know whether whether you agree or disagree, or whatever. I just think it's sad. Yeah, you know I mean that's that, that that's the case. But um, yeah, certainly time to time to be moving on, and uh, let's hope the the new guys know what they're doing. Sure, they'll know a lot more <laughs> about what they're doing than the than the than the, than the guys. And I'm saying this like it's all happened, aren't I? <laughs> we don't even know what's going on yet, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I hope will happen. They couldn't do much worse, really, could they? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I mean, I know. Uh, with Graham Sharp, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I think Graham Sharp was probably caught between. You know, wanting and, and and sort of needing to be loyal to those who had sort of put him on the board in the first place. I think 
in hindsight, he may have, he may look back on it and think maybe he should have stepped away earlier. I think what what what's affected his um, standing in the in the in the, in the eyes of the fans or a certain portion of the fan base is just comments that he's made about the protests. I think you have to you have to tread a very very careful line when you're particularly in, in a in a situation like him in particular. I think there's always going to be animosity towards Bill Kenwright at this juncture, just because he's been around for so long and overseen so much. You know, I mean, you can only you can only call it failure, really. Uh, and you know, and, and Denise being the CEO, obviously the buck stops there. But you know, if you're an, a non-executive uh, board member who is obviously you know a club a club legend, you know, I think you can harm your standing with the fans with certain comments you made. I think he made similar comments with uh, when the Blue Union were protesting, you know, a decade ago. And I think those two things combined have really sort of served to make his his position that much more difficult. And I wonder if he would look back on that and just, you know, and think perhaps I should have just kept my, kept my mouth shut, you know. But I think, as I say, I think there was an impulse to to be loyal to, to you know, to, to, to Bill Kenwright and, and Denise Barrett-Baxendale, uh, you know, in, in the first place. Toffeeweb.com is the longest-running Everton website with an archive of more than 35,000 articles. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. Let's move on to the playing side. Uh, we've had uh, some departures already. Uh, we've had some contracts that have that have come to an end. Uh, Connor Cody's left, Yeremin has left, Anatos Townsend, Townsend has left, uh, Asmir Begovic, Niels and Kunku, and uh, we've obviously lost Isaac Price from the academy. There's a couple in there, I think, Begovic is perhaps a bit of a surprise. I uh, wouldn't have been surprised if he had sort of um, signed on for another year. Uh, from what I can gather, he's been very good for Jordan Pickford uh, in, in, in sort of being a very good number two, pushing Jordan Pickford. Uh, and obviously, I know Isaac Price leaving. But uh, uh, Paul, any uh, any surprises in there for you? Um, Begovic was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but it's... It's kind of the nature of the second choice goalkeeper in a lot of ways, isn't it? Particularly mm. someone at the tail end of their career, it, 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 it's often quite an easy come, easy go gig. Like the the second choice keeper, and you know, it, it's, he's probably he's probably been he's probably been offered more money elsewhere to to to, to, do, to do you know to to maybe play a bit more. We'll, we'll, we'll see what he does, but uh, good luck to him. He seems to have been a good number two. Seems a good fella. Um, he's he's, he's well, I mean, he stepped in. He he, he did pretty well in mo- uh, most of the time. So I remember the game against Newcastle and uh, Alex Wobie scored a league goal. He had a very good game. And he was you know, yeah. he's, he's pretty pretty dependable number two. Um, I'm sure we'll find another one. There's yeah, there's plenty of them. You know, them them sort of keepers around. So I think I think. Uh, it's not, it's not a concern. It's just probably one of them. And Virginia's back, isn't he? Uh, Joe Virginia. Um, is that his name? The the the, the Joe Virginia. Uh, yeah. Goes on loan. Go, go, goes out on loan every season. So I don't know if he's going to come <laughs> back and be the number two, or he's going to go out on loan again, or finally just sell him. I don't know. Make probably make some sort of decision decision on him now as well. Lonergan stole it. Oh, presumably will stay on. I mean, given he's got a new contract um, offered. Um, yeah, uh, and Cuckoo we made a bit of money on, I think. Price will get some money for, I assume. Um, whether that be tribunal or however that works these days. Yeah, yeah mean and we knew, obviously, and not really a surprise. Not really, you know, you couldn't really 
yeah, all the injuries, you couldn't really complain. Andros Townsend, another one. Um, would have been handy, Andros Townsend, if he'd have been fit, I think. And get, you know, the sort of, you know, with, with, with Sean Dyche would have, would have liked him. It's another player on the left, another player who can play a few different positions. He'd have been handy. It's a shame he got that such a bad injury. Um, but again, with no, no real knowledge of if he's going to get back properly and, and can he and you know, will he be the same player at his age? We couldn't really, you know, risk keeping him on. Connor Cody, there seems to be quite a lot of surprise with um, out there. And I was more surprised people were surprised that Everton, <laughs> uh, Everton decided to, keep, to take him on. Sean Dyche hardly played him. Um, Everton paying four and a half million quid for a centre-back when we've got quite a lot of centre-backs. If anything, we need to shed a few centre-backs. And yeah, um, yeah, I think we need to be, you know, I've always stood up for sort of Keane and Holgate a little bit, but as I say, their sort of time's a bit untenable. We've got to be sort of moving them players on a bit now if we can. Not an easy thing to do. If you've got players who, <laughs> the general thing is they're not playing and they're, you know, perhaps not good enough. Um, but I think, we could, you know, plan for it to come back. If we could, you know, Tarkovsky's there. We could do with another decent centre-back there. I think if we can just, you know, wheel and deal a little bit there. But I'm not surprised Cody hasn't been taken up really. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly it. So, no, probably Begovic, probably the biggest, the biggest surprise out of all them for me. I thought the biggest surprise was we'd offered Tom Davis a deal. And that's not, and that's not because I necessarily against Tom Davis. I, I, I think he's quite a useful squad player, a good option. But uh, the rest of the deals have that kind of sense of, um, kind of stripping everything back, don't they? Kind of wiping the decks clean and just kind of any, any kind of. Uh, I'm not going to call them dead wood because they were, but you know, they're more than that. But anybody we could do without, let's get them gone and work out from a very, very base level how much money we've got to spend. And yet, then we offered Tom Davis a deal. So that kind of went against the others almost. You'd almost think, well, they may would maybe let him go. But then he is younger, much younger than the other ones that we've been talking about there. He kind of gets it, doesn't he? he he's been there long enough to, to know that he could slot into a midfield Um he knows the roles, you know. He gets how it all works. He's—I don't think he's ever going to be our star, like we thought he might be. But he's a relatively good option, and we're actually protecting a little bit of value there potentially. Um, so he was the one, maybe that was just went against the others. I thought, but then you know, look at the goalkeeping situation. You know, cost cutting. What was Begovic on? We may never know, but he may well have been on a lot more than Virginia. And Sean Dyche might be thinking, well, what's more important to me, getting someone that can actually score a goal or a second-choice goalkeeper, or with Connor Cody's case, a fourth-choice centre-back? Mm-hmm. I mean, where are you going to spend the money? This this is necessity now, that we have to get all of the resources possible going in one direction. Um, and it might be that they give Virginia a a year on the on the bench, hopefully on the bench, because you know we don't want anything to happen to Pickford. Um, it might be that he does that instead of um, instead of kind of replacing with another with another number two. I don't know, but it just struck me that this is this is very much where we are. You know that that Everton can't afford to be spending four and a half million pounds plus wages on on an England international who can slot into a back five definitely back four probably just can't do it 
we, the, the resources have to go somewhere else. And it kind of struck me as like, wow, <laughs> this is us now, isn't it? Um, but they've got some work to do because, you know, you think of those squad players that have left. Um, there's some, there are some numbers to get in. Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel the same about Davis, actually. Like, yeah, I don't think it's a bad decision to sort of offer him a contract. But I was a bit surprised. I thought it might be yeah, time to maybe walk out. To be honest here, I'm not so sure Tom Davis will, will, will stay. I don't unless there's been any word that well, anyone's actually, heard. Well, actually, yeah, this is, us, this is us saying he's been offered a contract. He might not accept it. Yeah, no. I'm not so sure he will. In, the, in a lot of ways, I, can't, I do like Tom. And I would be like, I'd be happy to see him stay. In a lot of ways, I kind of want him to go and have a career and play a lot, you know what I mean? And just like be, I'd like him to sort of go, you know what I mean? If you still, I don't know, if he can go and, whether that means dropping down the division or whatever, just be a, be a, be a, be a main part of a team. Cause he, you know, he's, I think he deserves that, Tom. I'd, I'd, I'd like that to happen. But yeah, it would, would be handy to have around as well as, a, you know, if, if, if things are are that tight. Um, Begovic was actually offered a contract and turned it down, doesn't it? So, and that's, as you say, it could, it could have been, well, very much though. well, yeah, look, we can't pay you this anymore. We'll offer you this or else. So, you know, so you, you, you could be right with that, Andy. You might, you might have been on, on pretty good money, which we couldn't really justify paying. Uh, that, that, that's a fair shout. Um, but yeah, interesting to see what happens with Tom Davis. Um, if he stays, I've got a feeling he'll he'll move on. And, um, I don't know why. Um, and obviously, Good to see Seamus Coleman. You, you can probably take it as a given that he'll be he'll be signing this contract and uh, he'll be there. It's good to see. And it's 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 quite ridiculous how important he still is, isn't it, Seamus? Um, <laughs> one of the most important players still. Um, but yeah, good good to see he's he's sticking around for the year. Yeah, I agree, Anton Davis. I, I'm I was less surprised that uh, Everton offered him the contract because I think that given you know just given where we need to allocate resources this summer and the fact that he is, you know, he's homegrown and he's probably on low wages. I think just having that extra body in the squad, the, the surprise would be for me that if Davis actually accepts it, I think like you say, Paul, he needs now more than at any time. This, this is the time for him, I think to, to, to make a clean break and just try and make a go of it somewhere else. Cause otherwise I think he's just destined to, you know, to just <laughs> rattle around the Everton squad as a as a sort of bit part player for the rest of his career, and I think uh, I think it'd be a shame because I think we all agree that uh, there's a place for him somewhere, whether it's in in the, the you know the Premier League or if it's in the Championship. Um, you know, he's a he's a decent enough player that he can make a go of his career. Yeah, especially while he's still young enough to do it. You know, what he'd be about right. twenty four or so, twenty years, something like that. So yeah, it's, it'd be a good opportunity for him to. You know, I'm, I'm sure he'd have plenty of suitors on a free transfer. Tom Tom Davis now, I'm sure. You know, so um, yeah, yeah. But, so there he goes. Like kind of, ha- yeah, it's, it's handy if he stays, but I'll be made up for him if he left because he's he's a good lad. And uh, again, it's a similar thing as well. And I'm talking about players get it becomes a little bit untenable, and for whatever reason. People have it in for Tom Davis, don't they? Whenever he, whenever he gets on the ball for some reason, whenever he does the slightest thing wrong, yeah, he, people don't really seem to forgive him, you know. So, and it, a bit like a few of the other, the squad's a bit stale in certain areas. And I feel once once you get stale, but once once the crowd has that opinion of you, it's hard to win them back generally, you know. So, um, and Tom sadly falls into that category. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, let's see what happens, but. Kind of hoping to move on. That hope that he moves on in a way and uh, and uh, goes and has a good career. Yeah, I, su- I, I mean, I, I suppose in general it'll be really interesting now in the next fortnight because this this is a a short preseason, isn't it? Anyway, um, 
it'll be really interesting in the first fortnight of of kind of active transfer business to see what does happen. Um, and you know, there are, I, I don't know if you've seen the reports of of, of like there's interest in Damari Gray or there's interest in Onana. And it's kind of a bit of a it's 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 a real crossroads, isn't it? I mean, what where does the club it'd be interesting to see which one they take a bite from in terms of offers. If they do any get any of I mean, if they don't take any money for Gray or for Onana, you might think, well, maybe we have got a little bit we can spend. Maybe. Um if not, if they're having to kind of which seems to be the consensus they have to get rid before they can buy, then I suppose it will be, well, how much do they have to get rid before they can buy? Is it Onana money or is it Grey money? Which is in a different different kind of uh, different realm, isn't it? Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I'm, 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 I'm really interested to see exactly what we can do. Um, and I think the first transfer, because every transfer... Unlike probably any other summer, probably since the last one, it, it, unlike any other summer, every transfer has to be spot on. We th- mm. they can't make any more mistakes, both ins and outs. So it'll be it'll be very it'll be fascinating to see what the first one is. If the first one's an in, then that tells the story. If the first one's an out, well, it's <laughs> how far out are we going here? Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it could kind of shape. Well, it could shape how you look at the first ten games. It could shape how you look at the club in the next five years. It could, it could shape all sorts, couldn't it? So, um, I'm hoping the first one's an in, but who knows? And I'm interested to see what what areas they address. Like, first, it's a good point. Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of areas they need to address in that squad, and uh, if if it's if we're really having to spread the resources so thinly what will they prioritize the most will it be a center forward or is it, do we need will it be a winger will it be another fullback will they just stick with what they got for center backs and, and hope that they can do that do it do it again um intrigued to see what the uh what you know the order in which it you know the priority order and what it comes comes through as and where the uh where the field need to put the most resource into i mean surely surely a striker's got to be right up there hasn't it but uh yeah it's a bit to see see what the field they need the most of it will indeed okay well thanks fellas thanks to you for listening uh stay tuned in the next week or so for the next episode of the toffee web podcast i'm sure uh there won't be a shortage of things to talk about this being everton uh, the transfer window at least the domestic transfer window is open right now and I guess we'll have to see whether it is an in or an out that's the, uh, the first player transfer involving Everton. But uh, until then, Blues, take care, enjoy the summer, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.